0: You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com.
1: You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network. Your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm joined by my friend Gil Martin, who's a writer for TheSportsDaily.com and Cheesehead TV, And I'm your host, JJ Leahy. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. Well, the Packers had a wild finish in that overtime win over the Bengals. Final score, 25-22. And our score predictions last week... Gill said 34 to 24 Packers. I said 31 27 Packers. If you can do math quickly in your head, you'll see that we're both 11 points off exactly. I was closer on the Packers score. Gill was closer on the Bengals score. We're going to do Bears week. It's the best week in all of football. Bears week. Uh I love it. If we could play the Bears 17 games a year, and then also knock them out of the playoffs. I would be all for that. We don't need to play other teams. Just the Bears are enough for me.
0: <laughs> Can't play them in the Super Bowl, though. So we've got to beat somebody else in the Super Bowl.
1: That's true. That's true. OK, uh, you know what, though? I will say knocking them out of the NFC championship game to go to the Super Bowl
0: was pretty sweet.
1: I, I think that is the best possible way to do it.
0: That was very, very sweet very very sweet. And and Charles Woodson's speech after the game was wonderful too.
1: Well, the uh the Bears are pretty banged up. Uh we're hoping that today's injury report will come out in a few minutes. Um but before we need to talk about that, there are some matchups we can talk about and the 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 big news that just came out right before we hit record is that the Bears have placed Damian Williams their now lead running back on the COVID list. Uh, he's probably not going to be eligible to play on Sunday, which leaves sixth round rookie Khalil Herbert as basically their only running back. Herbert's a guy who I, I was actually kind of intrigued by in the draft to an extent, because he did play quite well. His last two years in college, we've we've seen basically nothing of him so far in the NFL yet Uh, he had a handful carries for a handful of yards. He transferred from Kansas to Virginia tech, uh, reasons were a little bit unclear why that transfer happened, but he played, uh, as well at Virginia tech as he had been at Kansas. He's not without talent. Um, but here's the big thing is that he's a rookie. He has not been in this system very long and the run game is very important to this current iteration of the bears offense.
0: Very important to the Bears' offense because you got a rookie quarterback who is not the most accurate guy in the uh, in the NFL right now, who's still learning the pro offense. And you know, if they can't run the ball, you know they're last in the league in average yards passing per game coming into this contest.
1: It's not a good situation. Uh, now I liked Fields a ton in the draft. I was very high on Fields. Uh, he was extremely, extremely accurate at Ohio State. That was his by far his best attribute was his accuracy. Um, he has he has um, not gotten off to the start that the Bears fans were hoping um, for sure. I, I think that getting drafted by the Chicago quarterback slaughterhouse was probably the first step in in that um, <laughs> that development. <laughs> Um but he does have he has it in him. He could go off this week and really gash us. I don't want that to happen. Um no. <laughs> I, I'm not scared of this Bears offense though. Uh I think that this is kind of more of the same what we've seen the last couple of years. Uh Bears fans are running their mouths right now about how it's it's a different offense. Um and I'm you know, my response to that is wow, I haven't heard that before in the week leading up to the the Bears game. Seems like we hear that twice a year, every year, that no, no, no. It's a new look Bears offense. It's different. And our our defense is still elite. And um, if you look at the Bears schedule, if you look at the games that they have played so far, they are three and two. I wouldn't say it's it's an impressive three and two, though. Um, so they started off getting their butts handed to them by the Rams, 14 to 34. They did beat the Bengals um, by the same margin that we did. So there was a 17 to 20. The Browns whipped them six to 26. That was that was horrific. Uh, Fields was Fields sec nine times in that game. I think that was rough. Yeah. Then they beat the Lions 24 to 14, which is not as good of a win as the Packers 35 to 17 win over the Lions. And then last week, they did beat the Raiders 20 to 9. And we need to look at the context of that a little bit because the Raiders are going through some stuff right now. And although the actual uh, resignation of John Gruden happened after that game, it was clearly affecting the team. Um, uh, Darren Waller had the worst graded game of his entire career. Uh, Carl Nassib, their star defensive end, uh, uh, the day after Gruden resigned, he went to GM Mike Mayock and said that he needed a little bit of time off to go think over things, and it's not surprising because Nassib had himself a horrific game against the Bears as well. He's been grading out in the 80s, uh, plus 80s. His grade was in the low 20s uh, against the Bears, the pass rush overall against the bears was completely non-existent. And when you look at who performed well and who didn't on the bears team in that game, it was mostly the offensive line, which by the way is not made up of good players is not made up of guys who turn in good performances most weeks, but last week they all graded out very, very well. Yep. And you have to just, Look at the context and say that Raiders pass rush, which has been a dominant threat all year, did not even show up against the Bears. It was just not a thing. So look, are are the Raiders a quality opponent? Yes, I would say most of the time. I don't think that it's fair to hold the Raiders hold that game against the Raiders and say, yeah, no, no, this is who you are. They clearly were dealing with a lot um, and, and not just because of the negative feelings and thoughts about what John Gruden had said, but also the realization that like, hey, we as a team, all of us players have been working our butts off for three years, buying into John Gruden's vision for this rebuild. That's over. He's gone. We are we had a great start to the season. It was basically for nothing. We're not winning the Super Bowl this year with an interim head coach. That was a completely um, demotivated and disillusioned and just shell of a team um, that went up against the Bears. So 20 to 9 on paper. It's a good score. I I don't think that it is um, a really quality win. And by the way, this is not really relevant to this game, but the Bears have a heck of a. Heck of a stretch of schedule coming up next that they have to contend with. Um, They do have I was looking at the Raiders right there. I was trying to look at the Bears, but that was the I was going to say, I didn't think they play the Broncos next. No. So after us, they played the Buccaneers, 49ers, Steelers, who maybe will be a bit of a reprieve, except they do still have a really good defense. And then you get the Ravens. That four game stretch is pretty brutal. And the Packers have a brutal four game stretch uh, coming up as well. Uh, But I feel a lot better about the Packers odds of navigating that um, than I do the Bears. So you ready to talk matchups? Always. All right. Um, Let's talk about the let's keep focusing on the on the the Bears offense here. Uh, Give me some key matchups that you are going to be paying attention to here.
0: One of the big matchups that I'm paying attention to is. Allen Robinson going up against a depleted Packers secondary. We know we don't have Jair. We may not have Kevin King. Uh, you know, I am am I ready to trust Isaac Yadam or Shamar John Charles to to cover some of these Bears receivers? I'm just fearing that we could contain the Bears' offense for a big chunk of the game and then give up some like we did last week that 170 yard play where there's a mistake in coverage or somebody makes a lunge for the ball and just misses it and voila 6 points for Chicago.
1: I think so as well. I'm here here's what I think is going to happen with the Packers defense versus the Bears offense. I think the I think the Bears are going to have a lot of really short, you know, three and out drives. And they're also going to get just some big, deep gashes against us. Um, I think the Packers are going to do a really good job at keeping them from moving the chains. But but probably give up some of those big plays for that reason. My score prediction for this week, I'm I'm giving the pack, uh, giving the Bears some touchdowns in my score prediction, but no field goals, actually. And that, that's okay. why I came to that. Uh, but Alan Robinson actually has not been himself yet this year. Nope. His overall grade this year is just a 66 for comparison. Last year, his overall grade was an 88 in 2019. It was an 80 and 2017 is not loading. So use your imaginations. Here we go. 74. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he's, he's, he's had a rough, slow start to the year so far He's had uh, 28 targets and just 17 receptions and just one touchdown so far. Can he hurt you? Yeah. It's also not the worst time of the year to be going up against Robinson when he's kind of struggling to find his normal groove. So might be a little bit of a a, a lucky time of year to catch uh, the Bears and Robinson.
0: Yeah. Yeah it it may be and i think you know another reason for robinson's lower grades have got to be the problems that the bears have with quarterback andy dalton is average at best justin fields is still learning and while he's very talented he still you know hasn't developed into a competent nfl quarterback yet who can consistently you know get the ball to receivers at that one spot where only the receiver can make the catch or has the biggest advantage. So I think Robinson's grades are compromised or lower than normal in part because of the quarterback situation for the bears. Although we have to keep in mind that the last time the bears had a hall of fame quarterback was Sid Luckman who retired in 1950.
1: (laughs) Um, I wish I could remember the name. Uh, I think Ryan Wood on, on Twitter is the guy who, who tweeted out, uh, because he had asked Aaron Rodgers if he could list all of the uh, quarterbacks that the Bears had had in his time there. And uh, Rodgers could only name
0: four. Four out of 16, I think it was. Yeah, I think
1: I think it is 16. Um, yeah, I, I lost the actual list, but but he, he said he can only list four. Um I, I always get a kick out of when Bears fans are talking to Packers fans and they're saying, well, you've, you're only good because you've had uh, Favre and Rogers. And, you know, once once Rogers retires, you guys are going to uh, be bottom feeders like like us. And I would just like to point out that, although, yes, that you can't expect the Packers to find a third Hall of Fame quarterback in a row. And the quality of quarterback play undoubtedly will go down once Rodgers, who is probably the best of all time, leaves. Not every team is the absolute disaster at bringing in quarterbacks (laughs) that Chicago is. I think if you're even average, you still make the Bears look just pathetic in comparison in their attempts to find a quarterback. So I think Bears fans are expecting the Packers to jump onto the merry-go-round of, uh, you know, five new quarterbacks every three years that they've been on. I, I don't think that's going to, I don't think that's, that's what's in store for
0: us. <laughs> no, I hope not, honestly. And, and look, you know, you can go back to a long list of mediocre quarterbacks that the bears have had since Sid Luckman's retirement during the Truman administration. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, the very fact that, you know, Jim McMahon is remembered so, uh, warmly by bears fans. You know, he was a very average quarterback, but he probably has been the best overall quarterback they've had in the last 50 years
1: here. I found the list here. Uh, so Rex Grossman was the bears quarterback from 2003 to 2008, which
0: you you gotta have Caleb Heaney on that list.
1: was Roger's first year as a starter. 2008. 2008. Yeah. Yeah. Eight. Okay. So you got, I don't even see Caleb being on this, on this list.
0: Hey, hey, Rex Grossman.
1: Right. Craig Krenzel. Oh gosh. Chad Hutchinson. Uh Uh-huh. Jonathan. Oh, hang on. This is starting from Rex Grossman in 2003. So these are all the guys in 04 and 05. Let me scroll to when they just started in 08. Okay. Okay. Uh Kyle Orton, two thousand eight. Right. And also Rex Groupman. Brian Greasy, two thousand six to oh seven. Jake Hutler. Right. Todd Collins. Here's oh, Caleb
0: Haney. There's Caleb Haney. Right. Josh McCown.
1: I forgot he was even ever with the Bears, but I think he like played every for
0: every team in the league almost, I <laughs> mean. Jason Campbell.
1: Right. Jimmy Clausen. I don't even remember that name.
0: Notre Matt Dame guy, Martin. right? Uh, Clausen went to Notre Dame I think
1: on uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel it doesn't say
0: okay but
1: I'll, I'll trust your your recollection Matt Barkley yeah Brian Hoyer okay Mitch Trubisky
0: Packer fans Mike Glennon, right
1: <laughs> Mike Glennon yeah Chase Daniel he started some games yeah uh, but he never played against us actually Nick Foles and now Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. Huh. The fact that Rodgers could only remember four is is just not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting sidetracked. OK, we were talking about Alan Robinson. Uh, the next guy you got to talk about, obviously, is Darnell Mooney. Yes. Who is actually the son of Devontae Adams and Jerry Rice, according to <laughs> a lot of Bears fans. He had four touchdowns last year and six hundred thirty one receiving yards. That's about alan lazard numbers so right. if you're if you if you think other teams should be terrified of alan lazard then you should be terrified of darman mooney as well 68 overall grade last year this year he's starting a little hotter 74 overall grade that's that's a very respectable grade 30 targets 20 receptions um both of those numbers are better than alan robinson who is uh 17 for 28 uh Mooney has 261 receiving yards and 0 touchdowns so far this season. He also has um he's also taken uh a couple of rushes as well. Where is the numbers? At? Yeah, a couple of,
0: either end around
1: versus hardly hardly matters. Uh so <clears throat> if Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney are hooking up for multiple touchdowns um, this Sunday that will be new because fields has one career passing touchdown and Mooney has zero uh, receiving touchdowns. Well, touchdowns of any kind so far this season um, they have not been a productive duo despite what bears fans are telling you Cole commit tight end, right? Um, another guy that you'll hear is doing really well is overall grade 53 receiving grade 55. Run blocking grade 58. Keep in mind, 60 is dead average. So am I scared of Cole Komet? I am not scared of Cole Komet. Hmm. Especially because our linebackers are no longer the, um, the major weakness that they frequently are. And then don't forget Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham has a 57 grade so far this year. A 54 receiving grade. Basically, you know, same old good old Jimmy Graham. Uh, that he was with green Bay in 2018, his overall grade was 59 in 2019. It was 58. Then last year he went to the bears and seemed to have a bit of a resurgence, uh, putting up a 64. And now this year he's all the way back down to a 57, which if he kept that up for the whole season would be the lowest grade of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy Graham, let me see how many touchdowns he has this year. has to, you know, he has to have a few because Somebody on this team is putting up the touchdowns. No, it's not Jimmy Graham. (laughs) Nope. Was it all just David Montgomery? Who's putting up touchdowns? Uh, I'll tell you in a
0: minute. Montgomery was with rushing, with receiving. Now there's only two touchdowns, one for Robinson Mm -hmm. and one for, wait for it, it's his only reception, Jesper Horstead. Oh my
1: goodness. Is that future Hall of Famer Jesper Horstead? (laughs) Damian Williams has two rushing touchdowns, and which we don't think he's going to be playing this week because he's on the COVID list. I think he, I think technically, he could, um, they could come back with a false positive, and he could still, right? He could still. David Montgomery has three touchdowns, so that's five touchdowns on the season. Plus Allen Robinson and Jesper Horsted is that seven? total for the whole season. Somebody else on this team has touched defense sure. And, and there it is. That That's the big thing is um, can the Packers or the Bears defense put up points? Can they get a scoop and score? Can they get a pick six? I think that is their only prayer for keeping up with the Packers offense, particularly since we're supposed to get Josh Myers and Elton Jenkins back this week.
0: Well, we were hoping for Jenkins back last week, and we know that didn't quite happen. But yeah, hopefully he's back this week.
1: Well, but a point of of clarification: we were hoping for Jenkins last week. We were not planning on Jenkins last right. week. This week, I think I think it's it sounds like there's no reason to expect that Jenkins and Myers won't both be back.
0: Hope so, because we really this this is a ver- this is the number one pass rush team and as just as far as straight number of sacks is concerned and we need to be able to protect Aaron Rodgers and I'll take it a step further you know we're, we're talking about matchups here even if you get Elton Jenkins and Josh Myers back in the lineup and I think Myers is almost certainly going to go but even if you get those two guys back I would still place an increased emphasis on quick release, short passes uh, mm-hmm. without deep dropbacks, in order to minimize that Chicago pass rush. And boy, we also have to be able to run the football enough to keep them honest.
1: Yeah, Khalil Mack has five sacks so far this year. Robert Quinn has four, and then I think the other guy who's really producing is Roquan. Let's see. Yes, Roquan, Roquan has two, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they're not listed here, but I think that's correct. I think I saw, yes, he does have two sacks. Okay. So between those three guys, that's 11 sacks. Um, so they're averaging about two a game. Um, here's the, here's the big question. Uh, turnovers, the bears defense. Of course, I didn't have this open. I should have, uh, it's 2020, Here we go. 2021 turnover turnover differential. So the bears, why is this not alphabetical? Here we go. Chicago (laughs) bears. They are plus three. They have four interceptions, three forced fumbles. And their offense has only fumbled once and uh, thrown three interceptions so we we know that's actually a a huge um, key indicator of Packers success is winning that turnover battle um, that uh, I believe they they have won the turnover battle every week since the week one loss versus the Saints. Um, and, you know, you look a couple of these games have been really close, the 49ers game and the Bengals game. Uh, if you don't win that turnover battle in those two, I don't think you win those two games. No question. No question about that. Uh, the Bears offensive line is a problem. Now, obviously, the Packers offensive line has has been problematic as well, uh, but we're expecting some help there. The Bears offensive line not only has been bad, uh, it might get worse this week. So the only guys on their offensive line who are uh, doing a good job are left tackle Jason Peters. And then you also have uh, right tackle Elijah Wilkinson technically has a good grade, uh, but he, I think has only played one week because where is it? Uh, they're starting right tackle whose name I didn't write down. He's out. He doesn't matter anyways, because he's not playing. Uh, Elijah Wilkinson has uh, one good game. And that was last week against the Raiders. We already talked about the Raiders pass rush, just not showing up. So I'm not going to ding Wilkinson for that. But I'm also going to acknowledge that uh, we'll give him instead of a good grade, we'll give him an incomplete grade uh, (laughs) because he didn't face anybody last week. Right. Uh, I think I think this week he'll face a much better test in uh Rashawn Gary. No, question. Preston Smith as well. The interior of the Bears defensive line is the biggest problem. Sam Mustafer, their center, is horrific. He's grading out as the 33rd best center in all of football. Right guard James Daniels is the forty first uh guard in the league, and he's not doing well either. Now, he does have a 60 overall grade, um, but they ding him a little bit for his run blocking. It's not as good as his pass blocking. So you really need Justin Fields to show up this week because you don't have Damian Williams, most likely. Uh, Your offensive line is struggling to run block. If Fields can't get the passing game going, they're going to be in some trouble
0: they are going to be in some trouble and the you know you mentioned the center and to me one big mismatch that the packers are going to have kenny clark has been lights out in the last 3 or 4 games especially and he has a big big advantage going up yeah. against the center and and either i mean look cody whitehair is a respectable left guard but uh you know in in the middle of that line i think that Kenny Clark should have another strong game against a questionable Bears interior offensive line.
1: Absolutely. Um, I think Clark versus Sam Mustafer and James Daniels is going to be a, a really important piece of our game plan defensively. And our D line has to get pressure and make them uncomfortable because it looks like Kevin King isn't going to play. Right. Um so you're gonna have Stokes and I'm guessing Rasul Douglas is gonna get the start at C B two. That is my guess. Rasul Douglas is is not a terrible player. Um I think he's he's a little bit better than advertised. But you know, he's only been with the team for two weeks. Right. He's and, new to the system. Um has started zero games for us. Rasul Douglas, we also We have Quentin Dunbar, who's on the practice squad. He could get elevated. My guess is right now Dunbar would be solidly behind a guy like Yadam or uh, Jean Charles on the depth chart because of lack of familiarity with the scheme. Also, Dunbar, I think, hasn't even played this year. He's been uh, rehabbing from an injury. So odds of him getting elevated and playing this week, I would I would guess if he gets elevated, it's most likely just as like injury insurance in case
0: you lose a maybe special teams. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be
1: one special teams. Let me, let
0: me tell you though, about sort of a backdoor fear that I have facing this bears offense. And I think, you know, it's not a great offense. They are, like I said, last in passing yards in the league right now, but Justin Fields is a mobile quarterback and I don't have to tell Packer fans, how frustrating this defense when they try to stop mobile quarterbacks, you know, how many third and 13s have, you know, going all the way back to Colin Kaepernick, uh, you know, picking up big first downs with his legs uh, and so many other mobile quarterbacks that have hurt the Packers over the last decade. If we're playing man-to-man coverage, there is usually a lot of open green turf, for the quarterback to scramble and we have to make sure that Fields doesn't beat us and keep drives going with his feet. I'm more concerned about that than I am with his arm.
1: Yeah, ha- having watched him a lot at Ohio State, I'm a lot more concerned about his arm. Uh his run grade is just 59 overall. Uh he's not has not been running well since he got into the NFL. We also have some pretty some pretty talented linebackers in in position to to shut him down if he tries to run. Not that he can't gash us, and 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 I think you're you make the point that um, that those third downs, especially third and long, might really be opportunities for him to go ahead and pick up a first down. I'm not. I, I this is not Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson though. Um, and Fields, the one thing that he does really well is he has a very nice deep ball. Uh my, my I really have to assume that the uh, Packers are going to really prioritize trying to take advantage of our depleted secondary and take some of those big shots downfield and I think they can be su- successful doing that.
0: Yeah, I mean the, the the big it's it's really a big play. I I can't see what I what I don't envision is the Bears getting a 12-play, 83-yard drive that no, takes not- six minutes off the clock. Maybe they right. can do one, but I can't see them doing that consistently. But what I fear is the 50-yard play, whether it be on the ground or through the air, uh, or that you know third and 13 where Fields runs for 15 or 18 and, and keeps the drive going. That's more of my concern but especially with the running back situation, the way it is, you've got a rookie quarterback. I can't see the bears putting up a lot of points against this green Bay defense.
1: Hey, let's give ourselves a, uh, a little pat on the back for last year when we were talking about the bears and we were highlighting a guy in Jalen Johnson, who we thought really seemed to have a lot of talent and, uh, Had had some uh, potential there to really turn into a a good player down the road. He's been playing quite well so far this year. Uh, 23 targets, just nine receptions allowed. Um, He only has one interception, but I mean, those are those are fickle numbers. Anyways, those interceptions by far, uh, Johnson is their best uh, defensive back, uh, period. You got uh, Tayshawn Gibson. He has a 42 grade and most of what he does well comes from his pass rush ability. This is their safety. safety Uh, His coverage grade is, is horrific. Um,
0: Eddie Jackson, who hasn't been the same since Adrian Amos left.
1: Yeah, 2018 with Adrian Amos, he had a 93 overall grade. Uh, That was his second year in the league. 2019, that dropped down to a 67. 2020, that dropped down to a 59. This year, he is at (laughs) 50.8. And his coverage grade is a pathetic 49.4. You also have Kendall Vildor. His overall grade is a 53. His coverage grade is a 51. So here's here's the crazy thing. All those defensive backs have worse coverage grades than anything else and their overall grade is pretty bad and the one guy who actually does pretty well is Jalen Johnson his overall grade is 74 his coverage grade is a 71 this is the only guy in the secondary that you need to be concerned about at all Um, and their their defensive line I just got to tell you, I think I think our offensive line can take them. (laughs) You got (laughs) Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack, and that's it. The three guys in the middle are not anything at all. Uh, By far, the best of those three is Bilal Nichols, and his overall grade is a 63. And again, that is all run defense. He has a 74 run defense grade, which is good, but not great. And his pass rush grade is a pathetic 52. Add to that, the linebackers are not really helping very much. Ale- Alec Ogletree is the worst starting player on this team with an overall grade of 29. This is a sub 30 grade. That is as bad as it gets. And the only thing that he provides is pass rush is a 64 grade. And by the way, when the linebackers are, blo- are brought on a blitz, they tend to get home. So the fact that he's able to do that is not really worth bragging about. The rest of the stuff that he does in coverage, in run defense, is horrific. And Roquan Smith, not playing uh, exceptional football this year either so far.
0: Go ahead. Well, here, here, then you get down to this matchup. You know, the key then becomes, and I I touched on it earlier, protecting Aaron Rodgers because the secondary is vulnerable. You got to figure they're going to try to match Jalen Johnson up on Devontae Adams. And then probably also maybe give him help against Devonte Adams.
1: Oh, don't forget that Mike Pettin is now with the Chicago Bears uh, defensive coaching staff. Devonte Adams actually um, mentioned that and said that he and Pettin used to joke together about how Pettin would try and take Adams out of the game if he was trying to defend him. It'll be an interesting, uh, interesting development to keep an eye on, see if uh, Petton has any ideas. Sorry for interrupting. No, not to, at all.
0: To... Not at all. But realistically, if you go by these grades and these matchups, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Robert Tunyon should. And, and the other thing, I think A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones the secondary receivers should have very favorable matchups in this game. Mm-hmm. In addition to the fact that right now, Devonte Adams is a favorable matchup against almost anybody.
1: Yeah, very valid. He's, he's unguardable. Um, they're going to, they're going to double Adams all day because you have to. Right. And if the other receivers are not being productive, that is a massive problem because, the rest of the field is basically wide open. When you look at the guys they have out there. I mean, if you, if you're concerned about the Packers secondary, compare it to the bears secondary. It's, it's not even close. We have the better secondary. The only guys to be concerned about on this defense are Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack, who are the 21st and 32nd highest graded, uh, def, uh edge rushers in the league, respectively. Uh, if Elton Jenkins can come back and play left tackle, you got Billy Turner who has handled Khalil Mack before, you know, I'm not, not the world's biggest Billy Turner fan, but he's, he's handled Khalil Mack before. Um, I think, I think this, this game should not even be
0: very close. I, I think this game will be closer just because it's a rivalry game. It's on the road. The Packers are very banged up uh, as are the bears, but, There's also a lot at stake. I mean, I look at this game, and if the Packers win this game, they are two games ahead of the Bears. They have a road win in Chicago and a 2-0 division record so far. If they lose this game, they're tied with the Bears. The Bears have the 2-0 division record. The Packers are dropping to 1-1, and the best the Packers can do in the season series against the Bears is break even. So this game is a big turning point as far as the division race is concerned. And look, the Bears, who have been chasing the Packers now for since 1992, when Favre came to Green Bay, and and you know Favre and Rodgers have had the Bears number in a huge way. Uh, this is their Super Bowl. If the Bears beat the Packers twice, and they go two and fifteen. A lot of Bear fans would call that a successful season these days.
1: <laughs> that makes sense. It's definitely a must-win game for sure, especially when you look at the slate of really hard games we have coming up. In the Matt LaFleur era, the Packers are 4-0 and against the Bears. The scores thus far have been 10-3, 21-13, 35-16, and 45, or sorry, 41-25. Last year was just a smackdown.
0: Uh, and the game wasn't as close as that score.
1: No, it wasn't. That's right. Because we we allowed at least one touchdown very late in garbage time. Might have allowed two, two. if memory serves. Yep. Uh, we're going to get to our score predictions for this week in just a second. But real quick, uh, our keys to success. We already highlighted the matchups here. You're most concerned about uh, containing Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn. You're concerned about um, who's going to be playing CB2 and likely covering Darnell Mooney uh, or maybe Allen Robinson. Uh, I I, I think uh, this might be one of those one of those games where you kind of just have the Packers uh, cornerbacks just playing their spot and not necessarily following a guy around Mm -hmm. a lot more zone. Uh, and then Kenny Clark against uh, the interior of that offensive line, not to mention our linebackers containing Justin Fields. If he does try and scramble out, uh, I think the keys to the Packers defense, shutting down the bears offense are to get pressure on fields, make him uncomfortable and really limit the, Uh, those big plays, those deep shots, because I think that's the only way he really can hurt you right now uh, with the way that this, this bears uh, offense is humming. Uh, I don't think that they really have the ability to nickel and dime you to death uh, all down the field. What are your keys to success for the Packers offense against
0: the bears defense? Got to protect Rodgers. I still would emphasize the shorter quicker release passes and take advantage of that. Questionable Chicago secondary, where you know to me Lazard, Tunyon, uh, Jones, and Dylan, in addition to obviously Devontae, you've got favorable matchups there across the board. Mm-hmm. And then the altern- the the caveat to that, because we always talk about complementary football, run the ball enough to neutralize the pass rush and make them honor the play action pass, and. You know, one thing that we've noticed over the last, let's just say in the Matt LaFleur era, when the Packers get away from their running game too often, when they abandon it, they lose more often than not, or the games become closer than they should be. Uh, Don't stop running the ball, even if it's only gaining three yards, you know, a a pop, because eventually they they will get one and they will be able to set up that passing game off the fact that the running game is always a possibility.
1: Oh, I'm so happy. We finally just now got our injury report. Uh, right. Only for only for the Bears. The Packers did not update theirs, but that's enough for me. We can go off the Bears. Um, I guess. Well, real quick for the Packers, uh, Dennis Kelly and Kevin King are not practicing. I don't expect either of them to be available Uh, Elton Jenkins and Josh Myers. uh, They did practice on Wednesday. Elton was limited. Josh Myers was full participation. I think they're both going to play. Um, I don't see anybody else that we have to be worried about for the Packers. Uh, And then for the Bears, here are the guys who have not practiced all week. Akeem Hicks, J.P. Holtz, their tight end, Caleb Johnson, linebacker, who, by the way, Caleb Johnson... He's not a starter, but he's playing about uh, like 30 snaps a week Mm -hmm. for them. That's a big deal. Uh, He's not practicing at all, and he is considerably better of a player than Alec Ogletree. So that's good news for the Packers. Khalil Mack has not practiced all week. If he can't go, I don't see any prayer for the Bears defense to slow down the Packers at all because you're relying on just – Robert Quinn and whatever little pittance uh, Roquan can afford you. And then one more guy who has not participated all week. I was really expecting him to practice today, uh, even though he didn't practice yesterday. Alan Robinson has not practiced all week. So that is, and that's just the guys who have not practiced all week. We're not counting the guys who have been limited or were downgraded to limited, uh, but did practice on Wednesday. They're pretty banged up. Darnell Mooney has been limited, so even if you know you're assuming he obviously will play, but he's got a groin injury; he's not going to be at 100. Uh, percent. I don't see anybody else here who is an issue. Jimmy Graham getting his old man rest day on Wednesday doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. All right, uh, score predictions. Uh, you can go first.
0: Uh, I think this game will be tougher than it looks on paper. It's in Chicago. Like I said, this is pretty much the Bears Super Bowl. This is all or nothing for Chicago. I think the Packers win it 24 to 20. 24
1: to 20. All right. I'm I'm going I'm going with my gut. 31-14 Packers win it. I don't think I don't think the Bears are going to be able to put up a field goal. I think they're going to get two big plays that result in touchdowns and Packer fans everywhere are going to be furious about that and ignore the fact that the final points allowed to the Bears is only 14 because that's that's how Packer fans operate. (laughs) I don't think the Packers I don't think the Packers offense is going to get slowed down. I don't think the pack the uh, Bears offense is ever going to get started. So um, I'm feeling good about this one. Uh, I do want to give a shout out real quick. Uh, The Average Cheese Podcast, friends of our show, uh, they are doing a fundraiser. They're trying to raise money for Habitat for Humanity. It's a Packer shoe raffle. If you go to avgcheesepodcast.betterworld.com, you can see the uh, raffle. And they have a, a pretty cool pair of Packers shoes that you can enter to win. And it's for an awesome cause. We want to give that a shout out. And Mr. Gilt Martin, that does it for today. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter at #GilPackers and at JJ Leahy to stay up to date on all things Packers or to ask us questions. Or you can email us at asknohuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you do podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show. And thank you for listening. Until next time, go Pack Go! Go Pack Go. Follow us on Twitter at Gil or at JJ. <laughs> this is not my day, man. I've been winging the whole thing in case you couldn't tell because I couldn't find my script. I'm just going to have to re record the <laughs> outro. Where the heck is my... I have the document open and I can't find the paragraph.
0: Here it is. There we go. Third time's a charm. Go for it. <laughs> You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network Packers Talk
1: Not